Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Gray Sponge. You're in for a treat with this one. Like all the rest, I like keeping these episodes less than 20 minutes with all the podcasts out there to choose from. Your choice to listen to this little one is not lost on me. My hope is that you get something fulfilling each time you invest your time and attention, learning something new and making connections, so you always look forward to the next episode. And maybe you might even be interested in how to support the research, writing, and production of this informative and entertaining podcast. To do that, just check out beautifulgraysponge.com. Anyway, over the last dozen episodes or so, I've focused on actual human beings, historical figures. In this episode, I'm taking creative liberty to spin off of that by focusing on a non-human subject, a plant, specifically the mustard plant. Well, the seed, the seed of the mustard plant. This little guy shows up in some wisdom parables, both in Christianity and Buddhism. As a child, I grew up with the Christian parable, and as an adult, somewhere in the midst of exploring philosophy and psychology, I came across the Buddhist parable. While I'll unveil both, it's the adaptation of the Buddhist tale that really recently captured my heart and mind, a sort of text-to-self connection. But before we explore those stories on how the mustard seed shows up, I wanted to learn and understand a bit more about the plant itself. I live by, I love science and spirit, so I weave them both. Let's get into it, beginning with a little background. The yellow mustard you're probably familiar with, likely sitting in your refrigerator door, was introduced in 1904 at the St. Louis World Fair, as it was spread on hot dogs. Mmm. But... Let's go back even further. Did you know that it derives from a plant that goes back to ancient times? The mustard plant, which can grow to a height of 3 to 12 feet, depending on the type, is often incorrectly referred to as a tree due to its shape and size. There are several plant species in the mustard family, Latin brassicacea. I hope my botanist listeners will forgive my attempts at pronunciation here. The most common types are Sinapis alba, white mustard, Brassica nigra, black mustard, and Brassica juncia, brown mustard. Wild forms of mustard and its relatives, the radish and turnip, can be found over West Asia and Europe. In fact, The wild species may have been domesticated as long as 6,000 years ago. This ancient plant is documented in archaeological records from the Stone Age settlements discovered near Mesopotamia. It's believed that the seeds were ground with unripe grapes by ancient Sumerians to create a paste. I'm not sure what they used this paste for, But use of mustard for medicinal purposes is recorded throughout ancient Egypt, Greece, and Rome. There's even evidence of seeds found in Tutankhamun's tomb. The Greeks preceded the Romans by using mustard as a cure for anything, from hysteria to snakebite to the bubonic plague. 
For example, as early as the 6th century BC, Pythagoras recommended mustard as a remedy for scorpion stings. And Hippocrates wrote about using mustard in plasters to treat toothaches, sores, and inflammation. Today, mustard is still used as a topical relief of chronic aches and pains, and even to help with bee stings. The seeds are believed to stimulate and aid digestion, soothe sore throats, and aid recovery from bronchitis and pneumonia. Mustard seeds contain manganese, a coenzyme, iron, magnesium, and selenium. These minerals have anti-inflammatory properties which are known to relieve the symptoms of things like rheumatoid arthritis and asthma as well as reducing the frequency of migraines. The seeds are also a source for vitamin B3 and the B vitamin niacin, which may help reduce cholesterol, benefit the autoimmune system, improve the skin and hair, and help digestion. Without going into too much detail, researchers and research participants transformed mustard agents by analyzing the phytonutrients contained in them to inhibit cancer cell growth. From chemical weapons into medical treatments during both world wars, medical oncology, which seeks to control cancer through chemotherapy, originated in the science of war. However, as the history of chemotherapy reminds us. It was science, not war, that was good for medicine. But going back to ancient times, for edible purposes, it was the Romans who really stepped up the culinary game. They formulated ground mustard seeds with wine, vinegar, and unfermented sour grape juice. The quality of the product was held in high esteem as it traveled across Europe under Rome's occupation and their agricultural practices. By the 14th century, the French took on the flavor. There's a lot of interesting history, as a matter of fact, on Dijon mustard, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. Today, mustard seed, in all its different forms, is notably used as a spice. It's even the largest spice by volume in world trade, where Canada and Nepal are in the lead as the world's major producers. And if I have any listeners in the Midwestern United States, you might be interested in the National Mustard Museum in Middleton, Wisconsin. This museum boasts over 5,600 mustards, originating from all 50 states and from more than 70 countries. The mustard seed has spread all over the world, literally and figuratively. This tiny seed's appearance in stories told for centuries as a symbol of growth and transformation fascinates me just as much, if not more. And this is where I take us from the fascinating science into the literary. So let's start with the Christian parable. In the Christian parable of the mustard seed, appearing in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and in the non-canonical Gospel of Thomas, the story emphasizes the growth of the kingdom of heaven from small beginnings as a metaphor. The plant referred to here is generally considered to be black mustard, and the black mustard plant is large, reaching up to nine feet tall. 
Due to this tall and wide-growing nature, black mustard is often referred to as a tree, as I mentioned earlier. Although technically not a tree, the naming has stuck with it over the years. And yet, as large as it grows, it sprouts from a notoriously very tiny seed. Hence the theme of something grand, arising from something so small and seemingly insignificant. And this is a beautiful metaphor. It speaks to all that is tiny but mighty. What for you has taken time to blossom and flourish? I often say to my yoga students, appreciate the effort it takes to show up. When we turn small actions into habits, we build our skills, whatever that skill may be. Conversely, I suppose it can be the same for that which we plant that is toxic, negative actions, unhealthy habits. A powerful reminder that little things add up. So you might ask yourself, what are you nurturing? The mustard seed must have been very inspirational to wisdom traditions, because it also shows up in the ancient Buddhist parable, that of Kisa Gotami. Her story is one of the most well-known ones in Buddhism. After losing her only child, she became desperate and begged for her child's resurrection. Her sorrow was so great that many thought she'd lost her mind. When she implored the Buddha to help her, he told her that he could bring the child back to life if she could collect white mustard seeds from those in the village. Simple enough. But the mustard seeds could only come from homes where no one had died. She desperately went from house to house, but to her disappointment, she could not find a house that had not suffered the death of a family member. As she began to truly listen to their own stories of grief, the realization struck her that there's no house free from mortality. For me, in my own darkness, I was reminded of this parable, not that I'd lost a loved one, but that I'd lost a sense of myself. Remembering this parable was when I realized I was not alone in my internal struggle, but that others felt despair and shame in their own experiences, too. Opening up to others' struggles, mistakes, and failures, I was able to give grace, forgiveness, and space to myself, even hold on to hope, and let go of that shame. Now I'm happy to share my story, too, and offer my mustard seeds to others who are in their own kind of pain. I know we live in a society that demands us to enjoy, and we see it in ads and social media. But we also know the other side, that a full life is a complex life, that we all experience our own grief, loss, and pain. Without ignoring or minimizing our own experiences, Maybe, like Kisakatami, we can be comforted in remembering we're not alone. Beautiful Gray Sponge is a project of passion. I get to share stories that I hope help us relate to others and understand ourselves better, I hope. And whether it's a person or a plant or perhaps something else, I like to explore all the ways we can connect. 
and all the things we get to learn if we stay curious. After all, in the end, what did you learn and how much did you love? Thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening.